So we have two scriptures listed, but have you ever had one of those weeks that all the things happen? This has been one of those weeks for me. So we are going to focus on the Old Testament scripture this evening. Uh, So as we begin, I just want to say how good it feels to be back in this house of worship with you. I feel like it has been a while since we've been together. There was a hurricane uh, two weeks ago, and then we gathered together to put together flood buckets that we sent down south, and I thought that would take an eternity, but y'all showed up. And we got done in like 20 minutes, so praise God for that, Uh, and I am glad to see you back here this evening. So, So tonight we are jumping back into the lectionary, but in a bit of a different way. If you remember, the lectionary is a series of readings that are set week to week. Uh, there's an Old Testament reading, a gospel reading, a psalm, a uh, New Testament, usually a letter, one of Paul's letters that uh, this kind of schedule gives to us as a way that some pastors use to structure worship, and some of other folks use it uh, to inform their uh, devotional time. So tonight... There are two different Old Testament readings that you can choose to follow. I'm choosing the other uh, path this evening, and we are focusing on the story of Jacob wrestling with God. And not only is it one of my all-time favorite Old Testament stories, uh, but... It also, over the years, as I have studied it and read it over and over and over again, it has come to inform what I believe about God and what I believe about God's relationship is to us. When you picked up a bulletin on your way in, either I or Cindy uh, handed you a picture and I want to offer a, way, a different way to hear Scripture. When I started, this is a practice that I, I like to do, uh, is listen to Scripture and also focus on a picture and see how that Scripture is informing what I'm seeing on paper. How might the Spirit be working in both what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing? And so that is a way of praying Scripture that I would offer us tonight. As I read, I would love for you to take a look at all that is happening in this very busy photo. And I would love to hear, after I'm done reading, what the Spirit pulls your eyes to, or what you hear the Spirit is saying to you. What is the Spirit stirring within you? If you're joining us online, there should be uh, a link to a website with the image that we're looking at here in worship uh, in person for you to participate as well. So I invite you to get comfortable, take a look at this photo, and let's hear what God has to say to us through Genesis chapter 32, verses 23 through 31. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket 
And Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called this place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, yet my life is preserved. Then the sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. My friends, this is the word of God given to us as the children of God, and we all say, thanks be to God. Will you join me in prayer? God, we thank you for the gift of your holy word, both in written form and in created form. We thank you for the ways that people who have gifts take your scripture and interpret it for our eyes to see. And God, we ask that you would open our hearts and our minds and our ears so that we might hear all you have to say to us this evening. For it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, so what did you notice in the, in the painting? What struck you? What is the Spirit saying to you? If you're joining us online, I invite you to put your thoughts in the comments section. What's something that you notice? Yes. Which one's Jacob? That's a great question. I don't know. Hmm? Huh? I, I won't. That is, that is for, the, for you to figure out for yourself. Yes, Leah. Jill and then Leah. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's a hard scripture. I understand that. It's hard to uh, see God in this way. Sure. Mm-hmm. Stay, staying put. Yeah. Okay. I like it. You're on, on in football mode. I like it. Getting ready for the, it's LSU this weekend, right? Yeah, getting ready for the LSU game. Any other thoughts? So for me, what kind of centers my attention is actually the way the man on the right is sort of cradling uh, the man on the left's head. Uh, It's the entire, you know the image is of wrestling, but that, if you focus on that image, uh, 
for, for me, it almost could be interpreted both ways, both as a wrestling move, but also a, a form of cradling. Uh, that's the way I hold my son's head. I kind of like, maybe not aggressive, but I sort of have his head in my hand. Uh, so I offer this image to you. You can continue to gaze upon it, or you can, I'm just going to leave it like that. <laughs> um, so this is one of the most commonly heard Old Testament stories, especially coming out of Genesis. I feel like we learn and hear this story as a child in Sunday school, if that was part of your habit. But so often we just hear this story in its singular passage. It's, we hear it sort of out of context, and we forget to look at the scene that's unfolding around this particular passage. So if we look at isolation, or in isolation, what is happening in this scripture passage, we sort of come away with a couple of different images of what is going on in the relationship between God and Jacob. We can picture Jacob as almost this superhuman with incredible strength that can put the smackdown on the divine man, if you will, that comes uh, to greet him in the night. Or we can read it as maybe a god who likes to fight. It can be a, a problematic image that can be a little unhelpful. But the question that I would like to, for us to ponder together tonight is what is God really up to? What might God be trying to convey to Jacob and to us through this interesting encounter? In order to answer these questions, we have to broaden the scope and see how this particular story fits into the larger scene of what was happening in Jacob's life at this particular moment. If you read back several chapters in Jacob's life in the Old Testament, you see stories of him and his brother Esau, where Jacob almost tricks his way into a blessing that originally belonged to Esau. And that caused a major rift that led Jacob to flee, to leave his homeland, to leave his brother in fear for his life. And so years later, after both brothers have married, started families, became adults, Jacob is on his way back to his homeland to the place where his brother Esau is. His brother, who he anticipates will be really angry, even have harm on his mind when he greets Jacob for the first time in years. And so that encounter was looming in Jacob's immediate future. And so just a few verses before this passage, we read a prayer that Jacob prays to God. In this prayer, Jacob prays, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, 
O Lord, who said to me, return to your country and to your kindred, and I will do you good. I am not worthy of the least of all the steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant. Deliver me, please. Deliver me, please, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I am afraid of him. He may come and kill us, the mothers with the children, yet you have said, I will surely do you good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted because of their number. Deliver me, please, was Jacob's prayer. Could you hear the emotion? Could you hear the fear in that prayer? On the eve of his reunion with his estranged brother Esau, you could only imagine those emotions that were bubbling up. I wonder if he was riddled with anxiety, maybe stressed to the max, stressed about his family, stressed about his own well-being. And when you hear this prayer and think about those emotions, I wonder how many of us have had moments kind of like that. Some of us in this room have had moments exactly like that, facing a possible encounter or reunion with someone that you have been estranged with for years. Just a few months ago, that was my own reality. And I remember the night before I had an encounter with this person, I was so anxiety-ridden that I couldn't sleep. My body felt clenched up. So whether you've had this experience or not, you know a little bit of what it's like to be riddled with fear. Maybe for the safety of your kids when they first start driving and they're almost late for curfew. Maybe you know what it's like to be frozen with anxiety over the stack of bills that keep getting higher and higher. Maybe you know what it's like to be anxious about medical tests and the possibility of those results dictating the rest of your life. We know what this is like. We know what it's like to live in fear. We know what it's like to be riddled with anxiety. We know what it's like to be so stressed out that we can't sleep at night. We have been where Jacob is, in a sense. So in these moments, one of the first questions that I have and that I yell toward heaven is, where are you, God? Where are you, God? It's what Jacob asked in his prayer when he said, God, deliver me, calling out to God. I could imagine him sitting outside of his tent where his family was staying, pacing and shaking his fists in anger toward God. You were the one 
who told me to go back there, God, where are you now? So after Jacob makes his own plans and strategizes the best way to survive this encounter with Esau, he finally drifts to sleep. And then God shows up in a way that Jacob did not expect. In fact, he didn't even know it could have possibly been God until much later. So why? Why did God choose to show up in this way? Why does, or what does this story have to say about where God is in the midst of fear and stress and anxiety? Where is God in the midst of our deep turmoil in this life? So as I was preparing for our time together this evening, I uh, do what I often do. I hit Google. And I don't know much about wrestling. But what I discovered was something pretty unique. In May of 2022, a company called MetaBank Insurance, it's an Australian insurance company, partnered with a woman named Shaza McKenzie, who is an Australian pro wrestler. And together, they created a series of safe and easy-to-do solo wrestling moves that, quote, put the smackdown on stress. They called it stressling. Stressling. In an effort to offer safe and alternative ways of handling stress, they made five different videos of moves that you can do to, or from the comfort of your own space. And it's a little funny. In fact, as I was watching these videos, I was laughing out loud. But in an uh, interview, this woman said this about this project. I think people will be fascinated in learning how solo wrestling moves can help release stress triggers from the day. Whether it's slamming a cushion on the ground or squeezing your pillow in a headlock, these moves have been designed to ease both your mind and body. My favorite uh, of these videos was called Lost Phone Leg Lock. <laughs> and in this, I'm, I'm going to demonstrate because I feel like we all could use a little laugh. In this video, she instructs us to take a pillow, lift it over our head, and slam it down as hard as we can and, like, do a grunt. I'm not going to do that for you because that's just too much. But then you jump on the ground and kind of, like, hug it as tight as you can. It sounds crazy, but I tried it. <laughs> And it worked. It's silly, but indeed the research shows and studies that wrestling like this can provide stress relief for your body while imitating the effects of stress, such as the fight or flight response. It helps your body and its systems practice working together through those effects. So in practicing, you're actually relieving stress. So when I think about that moment, Jacob has with God that wrestling match, if you will. 
I started wondering if this is how God actually showed up for Jacob and one of the ways that God could show up for us. Maybe not in an actual sense where God physically is present before us and we're duking it out. But how many of us have thrown up a question in anger to God? How many of us scream toward heaven in raw emotion? What if the Spirit is inviting us to trust God, not just with our happy thoughts and our emotions that are all wrapped in pretty bows in a prayer to God? And what if God is inviting us to open up all of the parts of our lives, but especially the parts that aren't pretty, the parts that hurt, the parts where you're so stressed out that the only noise you can make is, Ugh. but so often we are told or we feel that God deserves our best selves. We're almost groomed from Sunday school to think that we have to have ourselves wrapped up in this pretty neat package before God. But friends, the more of this life and the more of this faith journey that I traverse, the more I realize that this is just not reality. Life is too big, and sometimes we can't leave out the most raw parts of who we are. In fact, I think that limiting our emotions, in limiting our emotions, we put ourselves and put God into a box. If we take God out of that box, we take out and away those limits. And we have a more real, more intimate relationship with the one who longs to be right beside us in the midst of those moments. So, if we take a look back into that scripture, the scripture where God and Jacob are wrestling it out, towards the end, we see that Jacob was injured. And yet, Jacob was the one who prevailed. But scripture doesn't ever tell us that the man who was fighting with Jacob was injured. We assume, because that's what we expect, if Jacob was to prevail, we assume that the other person was injured to make that happen. But Scripture doesn't actually say that he was harmed. So, if we were to come to God with our raw emotions... Who's to say that we could actually do any harm to God? What if God was big enough to hold the things that hurt us in the most real way possible? I believe that instead our God welcomes and delights in the, facts, in the fact that we could trust him with everything that we are.
My friends, God wants our full selves, the raw and the tidy, the presentable and the dirty. God longs and desires to be with us through it all. So as we are huffing and puffing with strained vocal cords after yelling anything we need to and cheeks stained with tears, may God, the great wrestler, lift us up and call us blessed. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.